wonderful people who are looking to level up your loot. I'm Tanya Tate and this is MILF's Making Money. On today's show, stop feeling sorry for yourself and be inspired to keep moving forward. Today's guest is an adult entertainment hall of famer and legend, Christy Canyon. And we are discussing maintaining longevity within your brand. To get this podcast started today, I was putting myself through a lot. Past podcasts, I've sat down, I've planned it, I've thought of different things, writing loads of notes, and I've realized it's taken a lot of time to get me there. This week, I've been feeling like I've not had as much time. I've been feeling kind of like run down I kept thinking oh no have I got something coming on is my body getting sick but for me sometimes because I have the chronic Lyme disease sometimes you know if I do too much that's what my body feels like but it feels a little bit more than that so of course I'm thinking now that I'm going to be sick well of course yesterday I was kind of quite poorly and let's just say I lost some weight and I wasn't nauseous It was a bit of a rough day and there's me thinking, well, you know, I'm very professional. I've had my notes prepared, but now I've not got time because I'm not feeling so good. I've not got all the time to sit there and go through and make all these detailed notes and push forward with it. And I know I've got a guest. I've got a guest. I've set it up. I've set the time. Now, I'm a very professional person. No, if I make a date, if I make a time, I'm there. I'm not what you call a flake. And let's be honest, I'm sure some of you know a lot of flakes. Well, in the adult industry, it feels like there's a lot more flakes (laughs) than in some other industries. For me, if I make a time and a date, you know, I stick to it. And if there's a problem and I can't make it, I'm very professional. I'm very courteous. I give you notice. So last night I was texting the guest. I'm like... I've got the questions prepped. I'll let you have them tomorrow. Not feeling the best today, but I'll let you know how I am in the morning. So there I am, physically sick, getting through the day. Oh, you know, what are you going to do? You're self-employed. This is, this is the way it is. Or maybe you're working for a company. For me, it's like, if I stop my work stops no one else is going to do for me it's going to be sitting there waiting for me when I come back I just need to push through I need to make some decisions what am I going to do how am I going to streamline it so that I'm going to still feel good and I'm still going to be able to keep 
to my commitment of doing a podcast with a guest. So yesterday it was quite a busy day, but you know, I took it easy. I didn't put any extra stresses on myself. I just did what I needed to do within my house, not really concentrating on the extra work that I needed to do. I thought if I just give my body a rest and don't put as much stress on myself, I'm going to feel a lot better. Get a good night's sleep. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. You know, when you're poorly, you have got to make decisions. Are you going to stop what you're doing? Are you just going to lie down? Or you're just going to take it easy? You know, it depends on how you're feeling. There I am and I just flicked online and something popped up at me. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. I love it the way I just get these little messages that come through. I'm feeling sorry for myself. You, you're right. I am feeling sorry for myself. Oh, <laughs> and then I see that little message. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Okay, I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself. I'm going to try and get back to those positive thoughts. Try and get back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That it's so. Sometimes it's so easy said than done, isn't it? But you know, refocus. Think about something else. And for me, yesterday was a little bit sadder for me. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I do go to church. In church, though, we were talking about people that we've lost in the last year or two, and members of the congregation could submit names and photos. And I'd submitted names and photos. And there I saw a photo of my brother. He died age 21 in February of 2020. And then just over a year later, my uncle died. My uncle Alan passed away. I think sometimes your body's feeling a little bit run down. And then you do have a little bit of sadness. Let's be honest, when people pass away, we have memories, but we also have a feeling of loss as well. And it felt like that for me yesterday, just a little bit emptier. And I didn't have my usual bounce in my stride. I was feeling sad. But you know what? At the same time, you've got to think about those memories, the things that that those people give you, those people that you've lost. And I love thinking about my dreams as well. You know, those dreams of remembering them. Have you ever had dreams when you've lost people and then they come back in your dream? For me, that's them being there, being a part of my life. And Uncle Alan, he wasn't much for dressing up, you know, jeans or track tracky bottoms. But in my dream, my Uncle Alan's standing there and this lovely tailored pinstripe suit and he was just smiling and I was like yeah what nice one Uncle Alan (laughs) there you are dressed up all smart letting me know you're happy and I think that was just throwing the suit on just to be like hey look at me see (laughs) you don't need to dress smart you dress how you feel but in my dream it was a good dream it felt good that's what it's all about isn't it you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're here, you're alive. There's people that have passed away. It's a circle of life. There's life, there's death. It's going to happen to every single one of us. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Smile. Get moving forward. For me, even to get through this podcast, before I started, I'm like, I'm going to just make some bullet points. What am I going to talk about? And I let the silence just happen in the room turned everything off 
sat down and what come to my mind? What did I want to talk about? What did I want to tell you today? The thoughts that I've got from feeling poorly to having the sadness to then knowing that I didn't want to let people down. I didn't want to let the guy, Matt, who's helping do my podcast. He records it. He helps setting up the recordings for my guest. Didn't want to let him down. He's taken the time. My guest, Christy Canyon. I didn't want to let my guest down either. I don't want to let people down. I just want to keep moving forward. And whatever it takes for me to make that decision to be like, I can do this today. Got me water. The throat spray's going on. I've had a lot of sleep. I'm going to start feeling sorry for myself. This morning, I woke up and that is the thought that was in my head. Start feeling sorry for yourself. You're feeling so much better today. This is it. I'm going to be moving forward. And you know, we all have it in us to just change the focus inside, to change what you're thinking. Stop thinking, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. And start thinking, you know what, I'm better. I'm feeling better today. I'm going to be able to eat lots of healthy food today. Yesterday, I was struggling to eat the food. Today, I've put healthy food on the shopping list. I'm looking whole foods, wholesome foods, vegetables, fruits. They've gone on organic. They've gone on that shopping list this morning, even while I was sitting there eating my breakfast. Let's put some healthy stuff. Let's get that healthy fuel inside me. And then let's get those healthy thoughts going. It's that magic inside us all. And we've all got it. And we can do it ourselves, the way you think, the way you're going to push yourself forward, the way you're going to be inspired. People that are successful don't wake up every morning thinking, oh, oh, it's going to be a bad day. People that are successful wake up and they look outside and no matter what the weather, no matter whether it's dark or bright, they're like, it's a brand new day. What are we going to achieve today? How much happiness are we going to have and experience today? Even from the sickness, my body got a little rest. It gave me a chance to kind of sit back and think, well, I don't have to do everything today because yesterday was a busy day. But I don't have to do everything. I can put something on my get-to list, thinking of something good that I can do instead of thinking about the things that are making me feel bad right now. And I do like to be inspired. I love seeing things. I love picking out words. I love hearing songs. We all get inspired through different ways. I see words and I hear music. Things inspire me. What inspires you? Who inspires you to keep moving forward? I love these bullet points, actually. (laughs) I'm sitting here now thinking congratulating myself because this feels so much more natural for me to talk about rather than be led by the constraints of the notes that I made because I've when you think about things it's great to have something like really prepared but sometimes letting it flow letting the juices flow it can really come up with different thoughts And that's what it is, the universe. You inspire me. You inspire me by listening to this podcast, by being here and supporting me. I feel inspired. The feedback that you give me, I feel inspired. 
you know, recently I did a live stream on my OnlyFans and I connect with a lot of you guys, you know, one-on-one, we do a lot of connection and it's amazing. I, I love keeping in touch with you. Sex Panther, OnlyFans, those are the two platforms where I'm on. And I love that I could do that live stream. And I thought it's really quiet in this live stream. And when I got out of the live stream and I looked back in the messages later on, there was a lot of people that couldn't get into the live stream. Wasn't down to me. I open the live stream, click everyone's available to come in. Technical issues, technical reasons, whether it was OnlyFans issue, whether they just didn't have a good, strong video signal, whatever it was, I knew it wasn't me. But during that live stream, I'm thinking, where are all my supporters? Where where are you all? I, I knew there was a lot of people that were coming. And sometimes, like, you feel... It's like, here's my party. And everyone's invited. And then only a few people turn up. Well, I mean, a lot of people did turn up. But when you're sitting there, and these are the things that are running through your head, and you're like, why didn't you come? I knew you were coming. Why didn't you come? And then you look later on and you realize it wasn't you. It was the technical availabilities of OnlyFans that was reducing the amount of people that were coming into the live stream. For me, immediately afterwards, I was like, you feel that little bit of disappointment. And again, it's that thing, that thing about feeling sorry for yourself. But then it makes everyone feel so much more appreciated you know I know that I appreciate you and I know that you appreciate me and it's my way of showing the appreciation and we can't change it we can't be like hey wish that you could have come in but you know what something happened a technical issue happened but you know what here's the live stream if you missed it you can still watch it there's always a solution when something goes wrong you have to come up with the next plan of action Start feeling sorry for yourself. Stop thinking no one wanted to come to your party because they did. And looking back at like the people that actually watched the live stream afterwards within the OnlyFans, I'm like, okay. <laughs> there was a lot of appreciation for me. But there are people that do inspire. And on my Twitter, sometimes I scroll through and there's so much negativity going on. I've made my inspiration list So I have a list instead and on my list I put different Twitter profiles that I like to follow that when I'm feeling like I'm in the rat hole of watching all this going down, all this negativity on Twitter, I go and look to some of the people that inspire me and I go onto my list and I scroll through and I just love reading them, the little, the sentences, whatever it puts on, whatever someone's wrote whatever quote that they're quoting. And I'm like, that feels good. That's what I'm going to be thinking of right now. And one of the people that I do follow is John Gordon. And I love that I've got his book. I've got one of his books. And actually he has a a box set, the John Gordon box set, which I've just put on my Amazon wish list. Inspired to put it on there. The books look great. Lots of different thought, positive thinking in there. Can't wait for that to arrive, <laughs> you have a wish, you put it on. And I've got the book in front of me now, Stay Positive. Literally, you can hear it. I'm going to read whatever page it's just landed on. There we go. Let's have a read. There is no I in team. 
but there are two I's in positive. It means at that I must be positive and I must help my team be positive to be our best. There you go. I love that. Talking about positivity. That's how I'm going to be thinking about you today. The team. Team Tanya, you are the supporters. You are the listeners. And for that, I show appreciation. And we all be positive together. Coming up next on MILF's Making Money, myself and legend in the adult industry, Christy Canyon, will be discussing maintaining your brand and staying prosperous in an ever-changing adult industry. You are listening to Tanya Tay Presents Mills Making Money and we are talking about finding longevity as an adult creator. How do you stay relevant in an industry that is ever-changing? I have with me a legend in the adult industry. Starting her career in the adult industry in 1984, she was a vivid contract girl, a feature dancer, adult entertainer, a radio personality and an inductee of the AVN and the XRCO Hall of Fame. Welcome, Christy Canyon, to Mills Making Money Podcast. And, you know, I have to say, and it's my fault because I didn't tell you, I'm also an author of a book, which is now out of publication, Lights, Camera, Sex, but I was a one-trick pony. I left it as a cliffhanger. I don't know if I'll ever write the second one, but I did have a book that I published, God damn it, which is how I got my job on Playboy Radio. So, but we'll get to that later. She's like, I was like, wow, book, Playboy Radio. Christy, Christy, let's go back a little bit. Christy, thanks very much for coming on the show. And I have to say, you know, we got really good friends when we were both hosting our shows. It was a Tanya Tate show and also the Christy Canyon show on Vivid Radio and Sirius XM. And, you know, I knew that you were a legend then when I first met you. You've been really influential and a well-known personality in the adult entertainment industry for many years. So I wanted to explore and share with the listeners, you know, how you've kept the Christy Canyon brand in the spotlight to where you are today. So let's go back, back. Let's talk about the beginning. It's like... How did you get started? Way back when I loved it when you said I've been in the business for years. Dare I admit it's been decades, 37 years. I started in August, September of 1984. I turned 18 in June, living in Hollyweird in some dumpy apartment. I had to leave my house at 17 and a half. You know, it was the 80s. Anyway, and I was working two jobs and I had an MG midget for those of you who go back to the 80s was the coolest car, but they never worked. I'm waiting for a girlfriend outside my apartment to pick me up. And this hot guy in a white Trans Am, which was all the rage in the mid 80s with the gold eagle on the hood and the T-tops and he er, pulls over. I'm wearing like a mini skirt, you know, and a fuchsia pink top and heels. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he's like, well, I'm waiting for my friend. He's like, oh, do you want to wait in my car? Because it was like 110, whatever. And he had like the sheepskins in his car. And I'm like, oh, this is so luxurious. Like, And he's like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a hostess at night. And I work at a clothing store in the day. And he's like, have you ever thought of figure modeling? And I'm like looking at my hands, my feet. Like I was so naive at 18. And back in the <laughs> 80s. 
teenagers, 18 is still a teenager. We didn't know much about porn. It was so underground in that era. And I'm like, oh, like a hand model. He's like, no, silly, like this. And he like pulls out his Hustler magazine. He's got the paper clip. He flips it open. And there he is with Crystal Breeze, a girl from the 80s. You know, and that was in the day where like you look at a magazine and the dick is like three inches from the girl's open and awaiting mouth eyes closed, you know, but you couldn't actually do insertion in most of the magazines. Nice. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, I could never do that. But I'm thinking that's kind of hot. And I took Jim South's card, put it in my pocket. When I got home that day, I like put it in like my underwear drawer, went to the job at night, blah, blah. And then about a month later, I called Jim South at World Modeling and it was like midnight. I didn't know, well, like, are they up all night? Are they on drugs? Like, who are these freaks, you know? But it was like a machine. I left my name and number. He called me at like nine o'clock the next morning. I went in that day after my shift at the dress store. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. And it just worked. It just worked. I think like the next day I did a magazine layout for Ron Vogel and I made like $500, which was a friggin- That was a lot of money back then. A lot for like, you know- just touching myself and, you know, he had to teach me how to look sexy and it was a learning never, you know, he never, no one, I never had anyone try and touch me. Like I had a really wonderful experience when I got in the business in 1984, yeah. worked every day. Cause it was the onset of the video boom. Like I think I had one day off a month. It was either magazines or box covers or a movie. Or- and then after like nine months, I took a break for four years just cause I was burned out. I was exhausted. That's, that's a lot of work. You know, people don't realize they think, oh, it's just, you know, you're just doing a movie or you're just taking pictures, but it's a big toll on your body. And it's, it's yeah. very, it's very physical. Even if it's just you, you know, doing a layout spread for a magazine, you know, you're holding the positions, you're waiting for them to move the lights. It's, it takes a lot on your body. Then you get in position and they have to take a Polaroid. I don't think they still do that now digital, but I was old school cameras back then. And they have to take that Polaroid. And, okay, we have to wait for And it was like that professional Polaroid, not like Instamax or whatever. And then you wait. Okay, let me tweak this light. You're right though, Tanya. It was an all day excursion, be it for a magazine, even box covers took all day. And don't forget you waited, you know, you did hair and makeup for two hours and you know, it was all. And so anyway, so after like nine months, I was burned out, still love the business, but I knew I needed to just step away for a minute. Yeah. And so you, you, you took some time away and then you decided to come back. I took four years off. I still kept in touch with some of the talent from that 80s era. We were still, you know, friends. Like I never left because I hated the business by any means. Yeah, I just had to regroup and I worked for my dad at his accounting and Christmas tree business. Yeah, And after four years, I just got tired of it. I tried to work at like Bullock's, that old department store. I got very used to being a free bird. And then in 1989, I was done working at my dad's. I just couldn't do it anymore and got back in the business and became a Vivid girl. So you start, you got back in. I, I mean, Vivid, you, you say it so like, and become a Vivid girl. That was a big deal, becoming a Vivid girl. You know, Vivid, big prestigious video company. To have the title of a Vivid girl, it meant you had a contract. It meant, you know, you were signed up to like 
were they like one of the biggest entertainment companies at that time? In my opinion, they were the biggest. You had a couple nipping at their heels, VCA, Wicked was starting, Metro, but Vivid was the the best of the best. And I don't just say that because I was with Vivid. They really mm-hmm. were. They had the best stable of girls. You know, there were always like four to five Vivid girls. It was just, it was beautiful. I definitely think, and I'm not being prejudiced, that they were the best of their era. It was all downhill after that. Now, downhill might be Wicked, which was just a little step down, or VCA, but I thought, I don't want to go anywhere else. I love it here. You You work every six weeks. That gives you time to go dancing. And I went to college, like... They were just fabulous. They, I don't have one complaint about being with them for 10 years. So you got a prestigious contract with Vivid, which enabled you to, you know, once you've got a contract, it's kind of like a guaranteed income and you don't have to flog yourself and work yourself and you don't have to wonder, well, where the next movies coming from where's the next job coming from so it gives you that time you know you wasn't going to suffer from the burnout and it gave you the time to do the other things so you mentioned college and dancing so you started feature dancing in adult entertainment clubs yes in about 1990 I started dancing and then being a vivid girl we would also you know, every few months we'd go out on like a trip for like four days, five days. I went to school Monday and Tuesday and Vivid worked around my schooling. And we do press junkets, like travel all of Texas and go like a day in Odessa, Texas at a bookstore signing. And then you leave the next morning and you go to Waco, Texas, or, you know, like you would do these great little fun tours too. Like even though we only shot every six weeks, there was always something to do. Conventions, the bookstore signings, dancing, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I I think that's like a perfect balance, you know, getting out there to see the fans and having a a company take you. You want to be there, you want to be accessible. And back then, when you you become a vivid girl, they didn't have social media like they do today. They had none. They didn't even have the internet when I was a vivid girl. (laughs) (laughs) I had a snail mail, I had a snail mail fan club, like... You'd go to Vivid and there'd be a bag of mail for me or Tori Wells or Hyapacia Lee, you know? It was great. There was no communication. If they wanted to meet me or Hyapacia or Jamie Summers, whoever, you know, was working, not even Vivid Girls, you had to meet us on the road, which was fabulous. We had our anonymity. There was no, this bullying online and crazy people. Like it was, it was a really beautiful time in the industry. Yeah, it must have been nice, you know, for one of those guys, one of those fans of the time, be like, my favorite porn star is coming to my town. And they'd be there waiting before the bookstore opened with their little pictures in their hand and their pens and everything ready to come and meet the fabulous, amazing Christy Canyon. And Christy's like, yes. They'd come in with stacks of stuff, magazines, the the video box covers. They'd take out the cassette and fold, you know, fold up the box so they were real thin. And they would stand in line for hours to get things signed. It was was just 
beautiful and glorious and it was glamorous it really was it sounds amazing you know i've had a little taste of that you know with me going to different conventions and meeting the fans and making movies i was never a, i was never a contract girl but i did make some movies for vivid and you know an amazing company yes to, to be with then the internet come along christy so how did that kind of change the way that your Christy Canyon business model worked? Well, I quit doing films for Vivid or anybody in like 1998. And I was still on the road dancing till about 2002. The internet didn't really affect me at that point. Then I quit dancing in 2001, 2002, something like that. And I only quit because I was done. I could tell it was winding down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I had a great dozen years doing this, but it's time to move on. I was tired of almost missing my plane at Christmas time. And, you know, it was just, I was done. I always in my life, in my career, knew when the jig was up. Time to move on you know, do something else. Loved it. No issues, but I'm done. And then I was like, what do I friggin' do? I don't want to do films again. I'm done with dancing. I don't know what to do though. I've never done anything else. And somebody said, oh my God, there's this new thing called eBay and you could sell your stuff on eBay. So I was like, oh, okay. Oh my God. My best friend, Victoria Paris and I, cause she quit dancing too. We had garages full of stuff. I mean, 30 years, well, at the time, 25 years, whatever, photos, costumes from the road, stuff that I wore in movies. I mean, it was the onset of eBay. And that's when the internet finally kicked in to help me with the next phase of my career. It was a goddamn gold mine. I mean, it was unbelievable how great eBay was because it was so new and it was the yeah. only jig, you know, gig out there. You didn't have my sexy auction, ginger Lynn auctions. eBay was it. And at the time you could sell used panties that after a few years slowed down Madonna. I think the rumor was she, I don't know what it was, but you couldn't sell lingerie and clothes. Now you have to say it's been laundered. Wink, wink, right? Like, Oh, well, I'm going to clean this first, you know? And then other sites came where you could sell lingerie, that kind of thing. But it just, I had to get creative. And then at the same time, I went to a writing class because I left the road and I had money. I, you know, had a little nest egg, but I thought if I start spending this, A, I'm not an idle person. I have to keep busy. Yeah. So then I also went to a writing class with Victoria Paris, and that's when I wrote my book. We went for like six months, twice a week, because I just wanted my brain to start working again, you know? Yeah. And it was fun. And all my stories were about the business. And my teacher was like, this is so fascinating, this business. And your stories are fun. Just start piecing it together, bridge some of these stories, and you have a book. So I shopped it around. And I don't know, like, like random. One of the a few of the people offered me X amount, you know, as a deposit. And I thought, I'm just going to self-publish it. Because I know that once you get that deposit, you'll probably never see anything. Anyway, so I ended up self-publishing it. I went on radio shows, blah, blah, blah. And that's when I went on Playboy Radio. And Farrell, our man, you know, Farrell, he was the... Farrell was was the station manager at Vivid Radio. Yes, I know Farrell. 
Very and nice. so when I did my sh- my guest spot there, whatever, to promote my book, he's like, oh, Julie Ashton is getting married and she's moving to a different state. Would you be interested? And I'm like, yeah. So I, that's when I started at Playboy Radio in like 2005. So it just, I stumbled upon it. Opportunities. So the book, Lights, Camera, Sex, self-published by Christy Canyon. That's amazing that you the, you got that book together and you know you self-published it. So you can't get that anymore. So that's a rarity in itself for people to come across the book. And you know what it is? And one of these days, I know Lisa Ann, who I adore, told me about the place that I could go. And my friend Dave is coming out from Ohio and he's going to help me where you could like publish on demand. So you can order a hundred books or a thousand books. You know, you don't have to get the the lot of 10,000 kind of thing, which I did in the beginning, you know, but so there are sites now where I could. So one day I'll get to that. One day I'll, I'll reorder them through a, you know, print on demand type of a site. But you know, that list Tanya, it's it's at the bottom of the to-do list. Yeah, that that get-to list. And I'm thinking, Christy, just put a a few extra episodes in, you know, a little bit extra into the new reprints because then the people that have got the original one, they might be like, oh, I need that new one as well because it's got that little bit of something extra in. So you don't need to rewrite a whole new book. Right, right. You know who told me to do that? I got to find my notes who I went out oh, to lunch with and dinner a few times, who I adore is Gustavo from Expos. So you got to make it like the new edition, new and improved. So again, it's all up here and it's all on my little, my notepad of things to do. <laughs> she's, she's, she's lifting up the notepad to me, but it, but it is, it's ideas, Christy, you know, and I like that, you know, you said that was given to you by someone else. I mean, two people there full of yeah. some good ideas, some suggestions for you. And it's surrounding yourself with, with good people and creative people and supportive people as well. Yes, that's something else. From the onset of my career, I always, at 18, I knew, okay, I'm going to sink or swim in this business. I'm either going to make the most of it or I'm going to go to the deep end, the dark side. So I never really got into drugs or drinking. Like, I never drank on the road. I never drank on one porn set. Like, I stayed laser focus because I love it. And I didn't want to miss out and be hung over. And I'm not saying I didn't go out and drink with my girlfriends on the weekend. I wasn't a saint, but mm-hmm. when it came to work, I was straight as an arrow. I always aligned myself with great people. Jim South was amazing. Vivid was, I mean, just they were family. They were family. Dancing, I had a great agent. Like, I just always aligned myself. I knew who to stick with. And that's what it is. You know, you've got, you know, those decades of being in the industry and making money and being successful. And that is one of the things about being successful is keeping your head straight and keeping it focused. You you know, I'm like yourself, you know, I would go out and, you know, the conventions after the convention, go to the bar, have a drink, um, hang out with the girls. You know, we'd, we'd be at Avian in Las Vegas. You know, you'd be sitting there. You might wake up the next day. You've had a few drinks the night before, but you've but you're still focused. You totally. can get up and you can get going. Whereas, you know, you see the people that have been through the business and you can see a train wreck coming. 
you can see it with some girls, you know, overuse of different things, whatever they're doing, and they're not focused. And you can see yourself how you are a person that's different from them. Just knowing that, how are you going to be successful? Is by keeping focused and not letting yourself go and be a drunkard or a drug addict or someone that, you know, really gets taken advantage of because you're not in control of yourself. I am a control freak. I really am, which is why I never got into drugs because I can't lose. I learned at 17 and a half when I was kicked out of my house. I have to, I'm the only one in control of me. I can't rely on anybody right now. I have to like, you know, I'm like street smart from it, which is good. And I just always knew when something, like when I was on Playboy radio, here's how my brain works. I knew it was ending. Manwin bought them out, licensed Playboy, whatever. I'm not sure what, I think they licensed Playboy. And they came in with bags of money, but they didn't know what they were doing. I mean, when it came to radio, I don't know about video. I never worked for them. But when it came to radio, they didn't know what they were doing. Like, I don't even think they knew who I was. I I don't even know if they knew they had radio for a while. But then they fired our station manager, Farrell. And that's when I thought, the jig is up here. It's only going to go downhill because put a cameraman in charge of three different radio shows. They had Playboy one, two, and three at the time, Espanol, the mainstream Playboy, and then us porn Playboy people, you know? And like this camera guy's like, oh my God, Christy, I don't want this job. I want to go to the beach and pick up girls when I'm done filming. Like, I don't want to be, you know? And I knew like they were penny wise, pound foolish by firing Farrell. He could control a couple dozen personalities. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's not easy because, you know, you have different people on, on the radio station, you know, and some girls are very big personalities and they need to be reined in and they need to be told to refocus. This is your job for this next hour. This is what you are doing. Turn up, be on time, do your job. And some girls really need that, like being told like a teacher because they can't do it themselves. And Farrell was great at that. He never yes. lost his temper. He was never condescending. He was very pragmatic and, well, so-and-so, this is why you need to show up, you know, 30 minutes before. Da, 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 da. Like, he was so good. So when they let him go, now I'm going, we're all in trouble. This this radio boat is sinking. And I call after, like, a week, I called Farrell and I said, they're going down. They already lost Playboy Espanol. We're down to two now right? They've only had it for four months and we're already dying on the vine. I said, I want to introduce you to Steve Hirsch at Vivid. Get Sirius XM, get Vivid Radio going. This one's going down. Get Vivid going. So so for everyone that's listening, sorry, Steve Hirsch, he's like the big boss. He is like the guy that's at the top of Vivid. He owns it. He started it in uh, early 80s. Since then, of course, a few years ago, he licensed out to adult time. And I think now it's, I think now Gamma owns them, whatever, but he doesn't care. He made his fortune, which nobody deserved it more than him. He was so fabulous to the girls. So that's how I was like Benedict Arnold at Playboy. I'd be like, so how's it going? And I'd be like taking notes. Okay. They've lost one station, you know, and I'd be texting Farrell. And Steve got it. And then I was there for eight years, you know, so it, it worked out 
beautiful. I was there for 18 years on Sirius XM. I mean, I loved it. You know, I remember I did come, You, I'm sure that you interviewed me. Maybe it was you and Nikki Hunter. Did you do a show with Nikki Hunter? I did. Because I was really good friends with Nikki Hunter and she invited me to the show and I'm sure that, I'm, I'm so convinced that you was the other host that was on it, but I didn't really know you at that time. It could have been me or Debbie Diamond. I think it was you. I had a show with Ginger for years and then uh, she had to take a little break for about two years and then Nikki Hunter took over and then it was Nikki Hunter and me. Ginger came back and that's when they started the uh, Spice Radio at Playboy. That's when they got the third station. Farrell was still there. And he put Ginger and I back together. And Nikki Hundred stayed on night calls. I wanted an afternoon show because of family stuff. And Ginger and I were on. So then Nikki and, and Debbie Diamond had the night Maybe calls. it was Debbie. It was so fun. It was like a jigsaw puzzle. There were so many shows and so much talent. It was like, it was hard for somebody to you know, put it all together. I loved being on that that show. You know, part of, for me, my career is getting out there. This is what you have to do when you're content creator. You have to get out there, publicity, get some PR behind you as well. So being on the show, it not only give you the chance to publicize yourself, um, you know, as an co- adult content creator, but being the host, it's like free publicity every week for yourself. Yes, it's, and when I first started on Playboy, again, I had Vivid and Playboy. To me, those are the top two companies to be aligned with in our business. And when I first started on Playboy Radio, it was when they had those amazing TV shows. And so not only was I doing radio, but I would do a lot of their TV shows. So I got to do both TV and radio. It was just a, a beautiful glamorous time they'd have catering they'd have wardrobe racks I mean they really it was like being on a mainstream production it just really looked after you and then moving across once you know you you so we we've got you to congratulate to really thank for getting play once playboy really went down vivid I need to personally thank you Christy, you know, you got started, you got moved across, you know, you automatically got a show. Farrell, again, was the station manager. He became yes. the station manager at Vivid and you started. And then I was like, I would really like to be on Vivid Radio. I went and did the training. I was asked by Farrell to host a show. Somebody was off, Ash Hollywood was yes. off. And I, yes. I was, Farrell said to me, do you want to do a stand-in for one of the girls? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And I went in there, got in the radio room. You know, you had Farrell as the station manager. We had two um, producers. One was definitely Debbie Diamond. It was full crew. It was amazing. And then Debbie was let go. And that's when Sapphire stepped in. Oh, okay. I remember I was driving to work one day and I'm listening because that's when they used to give us free Sirius XM in our car. They used to turn it on for us when they had a budget. And then I was like, oh my God, who is this woman speaking? She's so sexy in that voice. Like, I don't know if I interviewed you because I don't remember. Like, I wasn't like, oh, my God, it's Tony. I was like, who is she? And I walked in. And you were still on air. And I'm like, Beryl, who's in the radio room? She's unbelievable. I'm driving to work, like, touching myself. Like, she is like how Taylor Wayne was because of the sexy voice and getting into their fantasies. And 
you got to hire her. And he's like, I know she's great, isn't she? And and I think that that's when the ball kind of started with getting you on. It wasn't me. It was you that got you the job. Like you're just, you were engaging. You were magical on the air and you just, you filled such a great spot on Vivid Radio. We were the last survivors there after all. The staff started disappearing. Farrell left. The producers left. They cut the shows down. Suddenly we're only on two hours a day. And yet me and you, it was every Tuesday, the Christy Canyon show followed by the Tanya Tate show. I have to say, I did listen to you on the way in. I would listen to you. And you were one of the girls that I did listen to. Even, you know, we've put on different shows on different days. I like to listen to you because it really helped me. I, I like the way you interviewed the guests. I like the way you were able to, you know, have free-flowing conversations with them while making it really fun. And I have to say that you are one of the people, like one of the inspirations that really helped me progress on Vivid Radio. Thank you. I loved it. I was, you know, heartbroken when Sirius XM let us go. They gave mm-hmm. us like a month notice, so at least... It wasn't like we showed up one day, okay, it's your last day, you know, so we got to like kind of grieve and prepare. But that was 18 years of my life showing up for work every day. Yeah, that, that's... And I had my routine and that was the hard part was finding my new routine. Okay, what do I do now? You're at that, you know, that crossroads and you do things in the adult industry, things don't go on forever, you know? Right. But right. your brand... Your brand is still there. Your brand is still going. But what you've done throughout the years, you've taken it. Well, you know, now it's, you know, you, you're doing the modeling. You, you, you're moving on. You're finding something else. You're the Vivid Contract Guild. You're doing the conventions, the road shows, the book signings. You've, you've took time out. You've made your own book. You've got into radio hosting, become, you know, a radio host. Everything's kind of interacting with what you're doing. You're using your skills and your branding to, to find stepping stones. But by keeping in with the people, finding the right people to be with and finding those opportunities and keeping your eyes open and those opportunities presenting themselves and you feeling that that was the right step for you to take to go on to the next that's the thing. There's a, nothing lasts forever. I mean, hopefully marriages do and family and all, but in work, everything has its limit. And I mean, I'm shocked that I was on Sirius XM for 18 years. I'm very grateful for my, my many, many years on radio, but I knew we were in trouble during the pandemic when they kept us off for four months and they ca- and everything else was going. I would turn on Sirius XM and the 70s station was like, oh, it's day five of the pandemic. I'm like, well, they're live. Why aren't we? We were completely taken off there. Yeah. And that's when I knew that again, like when I knew Playboy was going to lose it, I've got that sixth sense like, okay, we're in trouble. Something's going down and it's not going to be good for me. Do you know? So like, what's your next move? Get it going now because you got a couple months, maybe. And then that's when I really, when we were off, here's the other thing. When we were off for more, the first two weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get massages. I'm going to get a facial. I'm going to get my hair done. And after two weeks, you're like, okay, now what? (laughs) I've taken care of me. You know what I mean? Like, 
Now what are you? And plus I start after 18 years of answering my fans on the phone calls and I missed my peeps. I missed my little freak deeks. And that's when I dove into my OnlyFans. I had an OnlyFans.com slash Christy Canyon 1-1, but I didn't really work it as much because I was like, okay, it's another kind of a website. I'd load a photo every so often, but I didn't get it because I didn't dissect it. Suddenly, I'm like, let me really look at this OnlyFans. And I'm like, oh, they've been sending me messages, <laughs> you know, like... I know these people. Oh, I could go live. I could, and I felt like, whoa, like, oh my God, I found my next venture. And I, I just dug into OnlyFans maybe almost two years ago, like really dug into it and it just blossomed and exploded. And then I would do every Friday night or Sunday night, my live show, depending I always do Fridays once in a while, like this Friday, I move it to Sunday just because I have a family obligation Friday. But it was like, it was a pandemic. We're all fucking home together. Let's just all like have fun on these live shows. Yeah. And I started doing videos for it and nude photos and up. I'm like, this is amazing. Oh my God. Like this is my next venture. I'm, I found my next stepping stone and I'm just yes. going to run with it. And then they were of course having issues. I'm like, okay, take a breath, look into other sites. And then thank God it turned the tide turned the other way. Cause I'm a creature of habit. I don't like to change if I don't have to, I'm not into the newest technology. I'm not into the, if it works and it ain't broke, don't fix it. Kind of a girl. So, but you know, you just have to be on your toes in this business because it's, it's constantly changing on a dime. You know, you really have to stay on your game. I'm not used to being on my computer so much. I'm not used to being on my phone so much. You know, you wake up, like I used to wake up in the nineties and I'd have coffee and go open up my fan club letters and work on orders from my mail order. Now I'm like, you wake up, you're like, did the world fall apart? You know, like <laughs> you've got so many messages just waiting for you to answer because of course what? you've got only fans and you also have sex Panther as well. Right. Sexpanther.com slash Christy dash Canyon. Right. So I wake up, I do my, you know, video on Sex Panther. I turn it on. I'm ready to talk dirty. Blow, throw some mascara on for when they video call. Da, da, da. There's, it's like, here's the difference. When I got in the business up until the new millennium, when you were done with work, you were done. Okay. You go on the road for four days dancing. Oh, I'm home for five days. I'm okay. Maybe in the morning you work on the fan club, but it wasn't a 24 seven business. You go to Hawaii for a week with your friends and you were like, let's just go surfing. You weren't like, I got to see if a new fan joined my only fans. When you had your time off, you were frigging off. You turned off that character switch. You're not off. You're never off with OnlyFans or Ever. Sex Panther. It's Ever. it's like for me yesterday, I, I was saying earlier in the podcast that I felt, you know, yesterday I wasn't feeling so good. And, you know, today I was like, do I cancel Christy? I don't want to cancel. I want to stay professional. And all these things that were going through my head about stop feeling sorry for myself and keep moving forward because you can't really take a day off. And when you do take a day off, you think, well, the fans are going to miss me. 
so much and then you think well this is the thought that goes through the back of your head well my head I think well if I'm not there for the fans some of them will wait but some of them you know their enjoyment isn't going to wait and they will find another girl to make their enjoyment complete you you know and it's we're left with difficult decisions sometimes you know trying to find the right balance you know and it's uh, absolutely i am a hundred percent on your page the other thing is you have to be on your game i always check my instagram i check my twitter every two days i look okay i posted this picture every 99.9 percent of the time they're all great but it's that one little fucker that i need to block if he says something in any way shape or form nasty disrespectful yeah i go right to block you don't have to like me not everyone has to like me, but you can't come on my timeline and be disrespectful. Yes. Is that, totally you know, that kind of thing. So there's that too, that you have to watch out for your social media. There's just, there's so friggin' much now you wake up, you're like, did they kick me off Instagram yet? You well, know? They, kicked, <laughs> they kicked me off a few months ago and I, I had to start a new one. Apparently I was soliciting because I was saying, um, I'm doing a live show later. I didn't even say OnlyFans. It just said I'm doing a live show. Well, I also have a YouTube channel. So it could have been going live on my YouTube. But no, they deemed that as soliciting. Soliciting, that was quote unquote from their lawyer. We as, con- you know, adult, working in the adult entertainment industry, you know, we are porn stars. You know, we will always have that, that label on us. We embrace it. That's what we do. That's how we make our cash with our branding, with our name. But there are certain places that do not like that. And it's always going to be that way. We're always fighting it. And there's always people that are not going to like us. But for those people that don't like us, I'm the same as you. Block them, move on. And let's get working and let's interact with the fans that appreciate us. Right. I'll see girls like, you know, responding to a jerk. And I'm like, just block them. Let it go. I don't have enough time to waste on the one 0.1% that don't like me. I just don't, you know, you brought up a good point. How a lot of people don't like us. I got to tell you in the eighties, it was the government that was after us. Uh, It was the government trying to shut us down. Companies could care less. They were making a fortune off of porn with VHS sales. And, you know, I mean, companies loved us because we meant money. Then in the nineties, we were kind of left alone. We were like glamorous, like, oh, okay, they're kind of cool. They're very glamorous, whatever. I mean, nice. you know, people like Janine was on an album cover, which was unheard of. Ashlyn Gear was on X Files. Like, mainstream was like, okay, let's kind of incorporate them a little bit. 90s was beautiful. No one cared about us. Then the new millennium came. And the new president, Bush Jr., I'm not getting political, he had a problem with porn. And he kind of created some problems. That's when the LL257s, which I don't even understand, came about during the Bush Jr. administration, where you had to get extra, you had to keep it on file forever. I don't even know what this that was. like legal paperwork. They, they, yeah. they started requiring some legal paperwork and identifications. Yeah. You know, they still left us alone, but hey, beef up your security. I get it. Not a problem. You know, companies just got another storage unit and kept that crap on file. And it wasn't Tanya until the last couple years that corporations 
finally went, we don't like them. And that's the first time in my 37 years that I saw, and somebody out there could correct me if I'm wrong, that corporations finally came down on us. MasterCard, Visa, banks. Mm -hmm. And I thought, now they're hitting our pocketbooks. You know, when the government didn't like us, it was really they went after the companies. We would go on set and do our scenes and get our money and leave. But it wasn't until the last few years that I realized, oh, companies don't like us now. Wow. Okay. All right. There's a new, new, uh, you know, devil on our, our beautiful playground. So for us, as like making our money and still keeping going, we still have to find different creative ways. You know, they stick up lots of different walls and we just have to find, for me, we have to find a way around it. Absolutely. Like the same week, that we lost our jobs on radio and we got paid. It was great. The same week, eBay shut down adult selling. I remember that. Right. And I suddenly I'm like, oh my God, I got two whammies. Okay. Let's, you know, take a breath and let's figure this one out. So we could still sell on eBay, but we can't sell nudity. So you get creative, you get creative and you figure. And then I thought, okay, for my nude stuff, I'm going to sell it at my sexy auctions, which I never sold. It's fabulous. And Ginger Lynn auctions. Like someone's always going to take us. You're never going to put our genie back in the bottle. It's out. Someone will always have a site for us to sell things on. But I had like 20 years of hardcore followers on eBay, but they follow me to the different. And then, then that next week is when OnlyFans put up a stink. And I'm like, okay, now I've had enough, like three incomes in a week, but I still would have gone to another side. Like you'll survive. You may take a hit for a month building up something else, but there's always something out there. There's always a site out there. You can't worry about it. I, I like that. It's like you're hitting, you know, roadblocks, but you're saying there's always a site out there. It's that knowing that something else is going to come along. Always. There were girls on Twitter you know, because that's a good news source for when things happen. There were girls like, oh my God, I haven't slept in four days and I, I feel suicidal that only, and I'm like, there's other sites, chill out. Like I need my eight hours of sleep every night to get my brain to work, you know, like there's always some, but I don't live on the edge. I'm, you know, God forbid something happened to OnlyFans. It's not like, how am I going to buy my food? You know, like one thing that girls or talent in general have enough money for a month for six months, for a year. Do you know what I mean? Get your comfort zone because it could, the house of cards could fall at any moment, but there's always going to be a new deck of cards to build a new house, but have your security, whatever that amount is for you, have it in the bank. That's like really good advice there. You know, the deck of cards could fall at any time, get your money, put it in the bank, save it because it's like you never know when you're going to need it. Right. And have your cushion because it takes maybe a month to find something new and to build that up. Maybe it, six months is your comfort zone. Maybe it's a year's worth of bill. Like everybody's individual, but don't have a day's worth. Let's talk about um, something else that you started as well. Your new podcast, Who Let the Girls Out, co-starring your longtime friend and also another fellow legend, Ginger Lynn. Yes, which you were on during our, our four months off at Vivid, right? And I'm like, I don't know if we're ever going back. 
And like, because I'm friends with the, the owners of Vivid, and I'd be like, Steve, are we coming back? He's like, oh my God, Christy, I swear to God, I don't know. They just keep pushing it back. But anyway, so I'm like, okay, again, saw the warning signs. And I called Ginger. I'm like, I don't know if we're going back. Let's do a podcast. Like everyone's talked about it, blah, 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 might be the next step. So we started it. We had a partner, sweetheart of a guy, but didn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. He didn't know what he was doing. And it never got off the ground. And then Vivid Radio came back on and he was still dragging his goddamn feet. And I finally said, I'm stepping out of this. It's not going anywhere. I don't have time to waste. You aren't doing your end of the deal. I don't know how to put it on YouTube. That's not what I signed up for. And so until you can do it, I'm going to, I have to go back to Vivid and put my energy to where I'm making money and it's working and they know what they're doing. He didn't know what he was doing. But anyway, then when I got the notice that we were off Vivid, I called Ginger. I'm like, I got a month. Let's get the pot. Let's get a new partner and let's get it. So we got a guy that was a producer at Playboy. He did podcasts for other people at Playboy. I think he knew what he was doing. And so he does, because now we've been up on them for like two months and it's already, you know, generating income because I'm like you, Tanya. I love this business, but I'm not here for free because I don't care if, you know, you work at an office or you work at the grocery store. You got to make money. That's the name of the game. We have bills to pay, uh, you know, so because everyone's like, oh, do a podcast. I'm like, I got to figure out not to be mean, but I got to figure out how to make money. I love you guys. I want to be out there, but I got a car payment. I've got, uh, you know, insurance. I've got, uh, you know, I got to figure out. I, I can't do stuff for free because free just doesn't pay the bills. You come up with the podcast with Ginger Lynn. So, so talk to me about, you know, how is that money generated? Where are you putting it? I saw it was on like Patreon. It's on patreon.com slash who let the girls out. And that's pretty much it. But we have so much fun. I go to Vegas or, uh, you know, we shoot it up there. We do like eight episodes over a weekend. They're an hour long each. And then we line them up to, you know, we just put them in the queue to go up every week. And we have legends come on. We have new girls come on. Sometimes it's just Ginger and I with our topics and our games and our fun. And and then other times, you know, like you were on it once. We had Annie Cruz yeah. on. So yeah. we have like the 70s, 80s legends. We've got the, like the 90s girl. We have the new millennium girls. We have the brand new fresh meat. Like we just do a little variety of everything because every talent brings something different to the table. Yeah. I, I loved being on the show, you know, and it's always a, a wonderful when I get to talk to you again and to be able to contribute to something, you know, that you're doing. I'm going to have to go on to Patreon, um, patreon.com slash who let the girls out for my episode. Although, you know, for me, um, we were talking and talking and I was directing you and Ginger on things that you needed to be doing. Now, for, for you, that's like that extra spicy part. And, you know, yes. you've got a video at your end and you are doing the spicy things that you're doing. So that's where it's going to be going onto the Patreon. So the guys, they can subscribe to your Patreon monthly to get to see that over there. 
Yes. And, and then I also will put it on my onlyfans.com slash Christy Canyon one, one, you know, cause you got to kind of like, okay, I could use it on OnlyFans, I could do it on Patreon. You know, it's, you just got to kind of figure out creative ways and it's such great footage and maybe someone doesn't want Patreon, but they're already a member at my OnlyFans, you know, so that'll go out two on that like the the spicy part not the interview per se but this see and the other thing is we can't put the spicy part on youtube or any of those things so you just have to uh, get creative you just got to get creative in this day and age and yet it allows you that freedom to be an entrepreneur and to be independent and hey i may not get it up at seven o'clock at night it's okay if it goes up at 10 like you get to work your own schedule Mm -hmm. And it's a great feeling. I love it. Being in control of your own destiny, your own boss, you're doing exactly what you enjoy. And, you know, the reward is the fans. The fans are always there to support us. The fans, once we know that they're happy, they're enjoying us, it, it gives us something to smile about each day. It's so true. And it's a connection. And I have like, I still have my snail mail fan club, right? I still have members that rejoin like for their 30th year. Now, granted, it's not what it was in the 80s and or the 90s, but I still like I'll work that little workhorse till it falls apart, you know? And then sometimes they cross over like a guy just bought something off of uh, my sexy auctions, a guy named Tom. I'm looking at your package who started out 20 years ago in the fan club and he's moved into technology with me. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. crossovers, you got to just kind of commingle everything. You know what else I do too? And I don't know if you do. I don't know if you talked about this on my podcast. Cameo. Yes, I'm on Cameo. It's it's yeah, another it's website, cameo.com. It's, I guess it's Christy Canyon, one, one. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm, so. Cameo.com slash Tanya Tate. It's a, it's a non-adult site, so oh, yeah. it's very mainstream. So that's great for people that don't want to be like OnlyFans, <coughs> Sex Panda. <coughs> I don't want that showing on me, Bill. Cameo, <laughs> it's, they've got mainstream actors, musicians, wrestlers, athletes. Yes. And then hidden in there is like a couple of porn stars. Oh, yeah, I'll just slip it in. So Cameo, that's that's where you can do like a shout out video. It's a, it's, it's a safer work. So like happy birthday or something like that. And they're fun. You do like a minute or two. Hey, happy birthday. You're turning 50. Oh, I remember turning 50. And the only downside is I need reading glasses now. You know, like that kind of thing. Think of me. Maybe <laughs> love that cake. Like it's just a little cute shout out. Yeah. And so that's the thing. Like technology definitely hurt the adult business, the companies, the Vivids, the Wicked's, the BCAs, because there was so much piracy. But like every negative, there's always a positive. It helped us talent. It helped the talent. And when it comes down to it, that's all I care about is me. No, I, I feel for Vivid, but believe you me, he's not hurting for a penny. We have to take care of us and it helps us out. Always look after yourself. Look after your bank. Make sure you're bringing that cash in. Always, you know, focus on everything that you want to be able to achieve. You can achieve it. You, you can do it. Just get it there in your head, picture where you want to be. And you can be like Christy Canyon, like myself over 10 years in the industry. You've just got to find the right places 
and go with it and put your efforts into the areas where you are making that cash. And be in your comfort zone. Like I, in all my years, never did one thing that I wasn't comfortable with. So if you're getting into this business or if you're in it now, maybe you're just starting, don't ever sell yourself out for the cash. If you're not comfortable doing something, get out of it. Don't do it just to build up your name or make more money because the money won't do you any good if you fuck your head up. Good advice there, Christy. We are very blessed because you are one amazing woman. You are very inspirational, Christy. And I mean that like really. I know you as a person. I know you as a personality, an online personality, but I know you you as a person as well. And you are wonderful, amazing And I feel like so blessed that you've come on to the podcast today to talk to me. Oh my God, anytime. I adore you, Tanya. You are so cute. I love you. We're (laughs) always going to have a bond. We, you know, we had such an amazing time, even though we'd see each other in passing and you'd be half naked videoing it. You'd be like, shh, I'm taping right now. You know, I'd I'd be doing an OnlyFans video as you were just finishing your show. (laughs) Christy Canyon's voice is in many of my OnlyFans videos. And me zooming out in my pajamas or my sweats or, you know. I'd be hiding the camera. (laughs) Christy's just running out. But Christy, I'm so glad we got to connect. Our connection, our personal connection will still be there. It will be strong. And Christy, for those fans that are not already following you and they want that connection with you as well, where can they find you and follow you online? The best place is my onlyfans.com slash Christy Canyon one one. And then Twitter. I don't want to promote Instagram because you never know when that's going to get shut down. My Twitter is Christy Canyon one, one. And then the, the Twitter has all the shootouts for Patreon only fans. You know, it's kind of the mothership sex Panther cameo, all of that on there. So make sure that you all follow in Christy Canyon on Twitter, twitter.com slash Christy Canyon one, one. That is it, Tanya Tate. You are adorable. Thank you so much. Thank you, my love, for coming on. This is Tanya Tate, and you've been listening to Mills Making Money Podcast. all for joining me on MILF's Making Money podcast. Special thank you to my guest, Christy Canyon. I've been asking every episode if you have a relevant podcast question you want me to answer or a constructive comment, then just let me know. You can post on my social media, Twitter at Tanya Tate, Instagram at Tanya Tate XO, YouTube at Tanya Tate Tube with the hashtag AskTanyaTate, or you can leave me a message on my voicemail via SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash Tanya Tate. Maybe you will get mentioned on my next show. So let's take a listen to my favorite SpeakPipe voicemails of this week. Hello, Tanya. This is Thomas Richmond from San Diego. It's good to hear from you. What I want to know is uh, when will you be able to make a new video produced by you? And I hope everything's well. I'm fine. Go Liverpool. <laughs> Thank you very much. Glad to hear from you soon. So Thomas wants to know, when will I make a new movie? Well, Thomas, if you were on my OnlyFans, you will have got to see that I did make a movie with another female. 
one of my very close friends, Phoenix Marie. So after five years of not making movies with anyone, oh yes, I did. I made a movie with Phoenix Marie. I shared it all with everybody on my OnlyFans. It's there. It was like amazing to be able to get back onto the camera with somebody else, you know. For me, I'm very interactive with my fans on OnlyFans and on Sex Panther. And it's all me making movies of me for you. But to do making a movie with another person and sharing, you know, some of some of that, whether it was behind the scenes, whether it was beginning of the, the scene where we're actually, we do quite a bit of talking before we start any action. Phoenix is asking me a lot of, you know, how I'm feeling, you know, what, what am I feeling right now? And then we get into the action. It's an amazing scene back. You want to watch it. Get onto my OnlyFans, onlyfans.com slash Tanya Tate. And also, if you don't want to sign up to anything, you know, as, as a monthly membership, you can also go onto my sexpanther.com slash Tanya Tate. And on that feed, if you go to the part of the feed on Sex Panther where you can do unlocks, go and take a look there and you'll find the movie of me and Phoenix Marie on Sex Panther. Thank you all for your support, guys. Keep it coming. I love hearing what you're thinking about the show. And of course, if you do want to get to know me better, you can do that by joining up to one of my premium social media platforms such as sexpanther.com slash tanyatate or onlyfans.com slash tanyatate. And we will get to chat one-on-one over there. Follow me on Twitter at tanyatate, Instagram at tanyatatexo and my YouTube channel slash tube. You can follow me on all of my links, including my premium social media on my link tree. Just search link tree and my name, Tanya Tate, all one word. Remember, I'm not on dating websites. I don't chat on WhatsApp or Facebook. I don't use private accounts. If you don't see it on my link tree, it's not me. This is Tanya Tate. Hope you have a wonderful, amazing, magical week. Thanks for listening to MILF's Making Money. Now go out there and build your bank. Mm-hmm.